I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Oh, today's episode, I just finished recording and I couldn't wait to do the intro. Sometimes I wait, but my I'm on a cloud because Kate Ekman, the author of the Full Spirit Workout book that she has written has touched my soul and my heart. And I had a friend reach out. Well, she's my friend now on Instagram. And I do mention this in the episode today that when she met me through my posts or the podcast, she said she recognized my soul. And I really had a moment where I thought, wow, that is so amazing. And I get it because when you meet someone and something resonates and you feel like with Kate today, I'm like, we kind of get this energy where and I've had podcasts where I just keep lifting and get excited and then they get excited and then we start mirroring each other. Well, that was what happened today. And it's, I recognized her soul. Like I have connected. I know she's, I just had that feeling and it's so amazing. So think back at the people that are in your life and why they are. And it's either like this, this spark, this recognition, this knowing when you meet someone and be aware of that because those are such special moments. I, I just, we, the girls, I just did my, um, summer pageant <laughs> whirlwind tour and we were in Georgia, Presley and I, Alpharetta for an entire week. And then we flew to Phoenix and saw Paige give up her crown and spend two days there watching our friends and being with our pageant, my pageant friends that I love so much. But, um, I had a, my friend Jordan, who I've met through the podcast, her and her two kids, they've been my clients. They came to visit in us in Georgia. And I'm just explaining the situation because it's recognizing a soul. So, you know, never meeting her, her and I went to the Joshua retreat in May and stayed in the same room. But um, I was telling her and her kids, like, I know we're part of the same soul family. It's just a knowing. I recognize your souls and I know the kids, they're little, third grade and second grade. And I know their souls and I know they know mine too. So, and then you just experience life and go through, you know, meeting people and having that awareness that, gosh, when you meet that soul connection, when you have that soul connection, like I've had, And we've all had many times in our life because we're surrounded by our soul family. And I fully believe that. And if you don't, you probably do because you listen to this podcast, but it is so true. And it's such a beautiful feeling knowing that we're all on this journey to learn and grow from each other. And we have set off into this 
planet Earth and the soul and this body that we chose, the family that we chose, and our soul family that we've all come down here at this time, especially to be with, to experience life, to experience these lessons and knowing that they're lessons. And Kate will get into that with her lessons and why she wrote the book. And let me give you her bio before I bring her on. Kate Ekman is a Columbia University certified executive coach who works with leaders in business and sports, an expert in communications, performance, and mindfulness. She is a TV personality, accomplished entrepreneur, and former elite athlete. Kate is also a meditation teacher and course creator for Insight Timer. And it says she lives in New York City, but she has moved recently to Laguna Beach. So she is now my neighbor and I get to be her friend. We got off the call and we got each other's numbers and we're going to go meet. But it's those, you know, when I see, when I realize this podcast fulfills my soul, (laughs) it's meeting people like Kate and you will get it. She's beautiful. She's like 10 years younger, hasn't been married, doesn't have any children, but gosh, what a story. What a an accomplished human being what is who listens to her calling and realizes that when you do listen to your calling and you take action and you don't question it and even if there's fear you push through it you know there is a reason for it and she is a prime example of that and i love it so it's a listen to it the whole way through we could you know probably talked for another 2 hours if it was possible So it's a little extra long today, but read her book, The Full Spirit Workout. I think I was telling her in the interview that I believe this should be in all schools. There's these 10 steps that I think would be the most powerful steps to teach to teenagers before they go to college or go out into the future. So enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for the ones and you know who you are, who connect with me, who tell me they loved it. Tell me that you don't love ones like, oh, that didn't really connect with me. I'm open to it all. I love hearing people's responses because it helps me understand what people want to listen to and what resonates with people that are listening. My reviews and my the people that are subscribing is amazing and I'm so grateful and I can't express to you the gifts that you all have given me by being able to continue this journey that I love and for listening to each week when these come out and learning and from people that I want to share with the world with all of you. Because each one of these people, I am so, I handpick my guests. I, it's so important now, especially in the 170s, you know, I've it's so important to me to bring forth the people that I think are life changers that will open your eyes to see life in a new way. And I know Kate Ekman will do that. So let's bring on this beautiful soul to the show. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, you're so welcome. I have thoroughly enjoyed going down what I call rabbit hole, but reading your book, understanding how my life parallels yours and how it made me reflect on my life. I think I'm like 10 years older than you. And I look at, you know, I was, I was born in like late sixties. You were born in the seventies. It's not that much of a difference, but I grew up swimming on swim team 
and I understand that. And now I know you don't, haven't raised children, but I think, you know, I look at it the way, like when you had that experience as a young four-year-old, I went back to my children and what I have programmed their limiting beliefs. Cause as much as you try not to, and as present, as intentional as I've been parenting, you have, there's, <laughs> we all do it, right? We all have our beliefs and our, that limit our lives to understanding the potential that we have. But I want you to start because your life is so fascinating. And when you put it in a book, that's one thing is I look at it too, as I just admire someone that spends the time and really puts their heart, soul, sweat, <laughs> their time into a book. And one day I know that I want to, because it's, it's, it's calling me, but when it calls you and you do it and it makes a difference and it does make a difference. And when you have these like 10 steps to, it's called the full spirit workbook, but <laughs> work out, but let me get back to you. Let's go start with your, when you were raised and how you were in swim team and what you really learned at four years old. Cause I feel like that was, people have to realize as parents and what the situations they put their kids in, what it does. And it doesn't even seem like as a parent, you're doing that, but it, it'll catapult into this place where you just can't imagine when you're a parent. So start wherever you want to. Yeah. And thank you for that. And Ashley's talking about it's step three in the book. And I, I share my experience of being this little four-year-old at the swim club in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my mom enrolling me in swim lessons. <laughs> I, I hated it. And overhearing the swim instructor. And again, I just think of myself, this little child, four years old, but having the wherewithal to, and that's the, the curious, you know, and I went on to be a news reporter and journalist, just a very curious kid, never missed anything, was always paying attention and overhearing him saying to my mother, something to the effect of, I'm not a very good swimmer. And me internalizing that in the moment and thinking, oh my gosh, I, I better get it together. You know, my parents, they're so athletic. I don't want them to have a kid who's a bad athlete and a bad swimmer. And apparently, you know, you can't just chill and show up as a four-year-old and splash around in the pool. You got to like, you got to be the best. You got to compete. You got to perform. You got to impress strangers apparently. But more importantly, I just thought, I want my mom and dad to be proud of me. And I don't know where that comes from or how that gets ingrained in all of us. I think we all experience that. We all want mom and dad to be proud of us and love us. And I internalize that as it's not enough that I'm just, I am, I'm a child of God. I'm here. I always just got this messaging from culture that I needed to be something or do something to get love. I had to be the best swimmer. I had to get the best grades. I, as a woman, you got to do it all and you better look really good while you're doing it. And I've seen this messaging. It's interesting. I haven't seen it yet, but this, the Barbie movie. And for me, and it's like, you know, we both have that coloring. We're fair skin, light eyed blondes. And so it's, there hasn't been a, a white blonde, you know, this huge character recently. We've, you know, it's been um, more diverse and, so I just, but that's her whole thing too. She's on this journey of self-discovery, which is what my book's all about. And it's this notion of, it's really hard to win as a woman because you're always threatening someone, upsetting some someone, you know, you have to be great, but then don't be too great because you're going to intimidate men and you're not going to have a man and you're going to make women envious and jealous and you make men jealous too. So without going on and on, it's, 
we're kind of set up for failure in many ways as young girls and women, but rather than that's a very victim mentality, I choose to be the victor and think I'm going to have it all and be it all and do it all, whatever that means for me and not worry about who I'm pissing off and knowing I don't have to do anything to be worthy or valuable of love. It's just enough to be here. And certainly if you have high aspirations and goals, do them, but do them for yourself, not to get love from someone, not to look cool to someone, not to get the external validation, but do it hopefully for a greater purpose and meaning in your life, which is what I've, I've done with this book, because listen, It is not easy to, like you said, the blood, sweat, tears, put it all out there. I have a speaking event coming up and I looked in the mirror this morning. I'm just returning from Hawaii with my my family and feeling happy and relaxed and thinking, wow, that fills me up way more than any work achievement that I've had. Just, you know, laughing and being silly with my niece and nephew and having the speaking event coming up and thinking like, gosh, I really, (laughs) I don't love it. But I do it because it's serving a higher purpose. And for me, I've taken on the life assignment of of being a suicide prevention awareness activist after losing two loved ones to suicide. And so I know I'm going, I'm really going all over the place here with this answer (laughs) because there is so much to say, but I'm going to land the plane here and just say, I think it's so important to really get clear on who we are, what we really want. And hopefully it has a greater purpose because that keeps you going even when it's scary or you have moments of self-doubt or you think, I don't really want to do this or or who cares. Right. You know, what just came to me was when I was in my, my childhood was, you know, we had fun. We were on swim team and did all the sports and was on drill team and was the captains of the sports and, you know, did all the leadership roles and then, you know, had signed up for college because that's what everyone did. Had no clue of, you know, I didn't take the SAT. I don't even know how I got in. Went to Washington State University. Didn't have a clue. Changed my major. Moved to San Diego. Went to San Diego State. I was just floating. And I, and I, and so why I'm saying that is, Where I am now at 54, after having raised my children, 14 and 17, we're on the tail end of of childhood, I realize my passion now. I teach children your book, basically. (laughs) I teach these teenagers, I pull their passion out to realize they are these unlimited, you know, these beings of pure light and love and letting them see that and what they've gone through within the last three years, especially these teenagers, you know, living their life. And most of, you know, that's a big chunk of a childhood when you look at from 2020 to 2023, 24. I mean, that was like my daughter's high school career like that. You look back at our high school and it was just going to the football games and swim meets and, you know, all the things that there was not, the social media and all these things. But when you realize that things in your life are all put in these perfect order, everything's in perfect order. And to come back and look at it from that higher perspective and and look at it like you do. And I love how you even talk about like after that four-year-old little girl heard that those words, she's not a good swimmer, she's not good enough. And it just turned, it. I believe that was like divinely orchestrated. That was put, your mother chose that in a soul family before you came and said, okay, I'm going to strike this chord in you, Kate, and it's going to project this life for you that you're going to show who, you're going to see who you truly are and how you can compete and break all the records and do the journalism and the TV and all the modeling and all that. But where would you go after me saying that? Yeah, I'm getting a little emotional because... People ask, you know, how this book came about. And I, you know, and 
part of the answer is after losing the loved ones to suicide, you know, 2014, 2015, going on my own dark night of the soul journey after that from all the trauma and the pain and the heartache and the tragedy and shock. And then, you know, going back to school, studying whole person coaching techniques at Columbia and the neuroscience and positive psychology and putting this system and book together and the coaching and training but really the full spirit workout started right there at, at age four at the swim club, uh, you know, unbeknownst to me at the time and going on to, yeah, break every record at that swim club, except for two or three and being the state and national champion sh- swimmer and going off to Penn State on a swimming scholarship and achieving all these things. But at what cost? I was filled with anxiety and insecurity and had this obsession with performance and perfectionism, which led me to great success uh, on the outside and many things, but at, at what cost? And I think we all do that to ourselves so many times to get the thing or to have the life that we think we want or that's going to impress other people. And it just got to the point where I was exhausted and I couldn't run or hide from it anymore in the face of everything looking, you know, the, I, I looked great from the outside. You know, I'm a presenter. I had the the polished presentation down. But when your life gets turned upside down with tragedy in my case, and you have to really look at yourself, you start to see, what am I doing all this for? And who am I doing it for? And it's grateful. And so I think too, I don't want people to have to go through rock bottom or have to have some, you know, extraordinary tragedy, wake them up to the truth of who they are and, and what they really want out of life and what really gives meaning and value and fulfillment. But I think it's just important to ask ourselves, why am I doing this thing? So it's like, okay, I want to write a, I have so many people, you write a book. Everyone's like, I want to write a book. And I think, great. Why do you want to write a book? And what I hear nine times out of 10, well, it'll help my business, credibility, authority. It's those externals. And I think, okay. And I think of the challenge that it is to really write a good book, not have the, the ghostwriter and not, ha- you know, to do it yourself. And I'm a journalist. So I, I, that's my thing. But I think so many people, marriage and kids, another perfect example. Oh, oh great. Why do you want to get married? And I think a lot of people, it's like, well, that's what you do because we're all handed this script and at birth and men, the part of that script is you, you don't cry. You don't show emotion. Women is you better freaking look pretty and thin and pretend to have it all together at least. So I think a lot of people have ended up in lives that they don't even want or doesn't even make them happy because it hasn't even occurred to them that they can choose something and go off script, if you will, even if it's lonely, even if you feel like an alien at times, I certainly have with my choices, but then your life is yours. And whether you know it or not, or whether people express it to you or not, you are an inspiration. I've had friends who have the perfect, picture perfect family, the marriage, the kids, the hot husband, the money, the this, that will cry to me and say, I'm so sorry how I've treated you recently. I'm just, I'm so envious of your life. And I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, like single and alone and doing it all on my own and having the struggles and all of this stuff. But they just, they're just like, you, you have, you're free. You, you have chosen a life that's authentic to you. And so that's what I just invite everybody to open themselves up to. Yes. So I didn't get married till I was 37, 36, had Paige when I was 37 and Presley when I was 40. And I want to go back to what just, there's a few parallels that made me have light bulb moments when I was reading your book. So you talk about stretching your comfort zone. I'm all about that. And I do that with my students and 
I t- teach my children that they're pageant girls and they are on the rowing team. Like there's two complete separate spectrums of life. Like when you're on a team on a boat, you're sweating every morning and they're learning that discipline like you did at swim team, you know, getting up, they have to be out on the water when it's freezing and then at, when it's dark in the fall and at night. So they're learning that, but they also are pageant girls and they did that since they were eight, but they learn just like what you say, like, you know, don't ever, they, they know that, they're not always going to win. There's so many values and things that they've learned through their pageant journey. You know, it's like, okay, I didn't win. Why? Like, what do I need to improve on? And it's not about winning. It's about growing and learning and expanding and seeing where, you know, what can I do better? Right. But going back to when you were in LA and you had your house and you've met a, you had a boyfriend that lived in Chicago. So that's a stretch and you were stretching yourself. And I have the same experience. I opened a day spa with nothing. I had no clue. I probably had had a facial in my life twice. It was out of just like, I need something to like, I need to do something on my own. And I just do it with no money. I bought a house. I'm just saying this. So you understand why I love the story so much. I bought a house with no money down like three months after I bought the spa with nothing with a credit card. That was when you could buy houses. I think yours was in 2006. Mine was, gosh, a little, it was before that, but pretty close. And those days where you could buy houses with nothing and I did it. But the minute I knew that I did that, I had this day spa with so much debt. But three years later, I rented that house out. The peak of the market tripled my money on that house took that money and paid off everything. And I knew God provided. That is where my belief in that, in when everyone says like they're down and out and I've lost a job and I don't have the money, I'm probably going to go bankrupt or whatever they're going to say, like you're always provided for, always. Right, Kate? Are you breathing heavy? <laughs> yeah, I a hundred percent. And as you're talking, every single time I have taken a risk and I have done the things where it's, you know, even moved to LA with with no job, with no money, with nothing, you know, even my parents were kind enough to get me some furniture from right. IKEA to start off. And every single time I've taken a risk, which I do all the time because I refuse to be in a job relationship party situation where I am mistreated and, you know, you try to work it out. But if if that's the culture and, and toxicity, especially at this point in my life, I'm like, I've worked too hard, I'm too old to be dealing with any of this. But I think every time that we take a risk, when it's scary, when we don't even know how the bills are going to get paid, I swear the universe and God, whatever you believe in is up there winking. And it's just like, we're going to take care of her. And if that's your belief system that you're going to be taking care of, the people show up, the opportunities show up. For me, it's a lot of times at the 11th hour. It's not quite midnight, but it's 1158 and the money and the opportunity and the the thing comes in way better than I could have imagined. Even just now, a, a house that I, I bought during COVID and, and left my beloved New York City and, and cried and it was devastating. And I it was an investment property and I just turned around and just made a lot of money on it. I just sold it a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. And I won't bore everybody with the details around it. But again, it was one of those things where the real estate agent was just like, this is unprecedented, even in this market that you got this for that. She's like, that's the magic of Kate. And I think that's the magic of believing in a higher power. That's the magic of the full spirit workout and doing this work. Things like this just happened to me now where I'm not shocked. It's just like, of course, this happens because 
I've put in the work, you know, when I've spent right. the time, energy, money doing it. And as I like to say, when, when you do the work, it works, it's working. And that's why it can be scary at first. You might have something, oh, I have something better to do. There's certainly days I don't feel like getting up and going to the gym or doing these inner exercises, but the results are so worth it. And that's what keeps me going. Oh, for sure. You know, well, when I look at my inner work and I've always been a person of like a seeker and done all my spiritual, been on a spiritual journey for since I can remember. And I think when I look back, even in high school, I was, but people will remind me, remember you used to give me those affirmations when I'm like, I did. So I, I, I don't remember that, but I know that I've always had that, but I've always had this spiritual workout every day. That's like a value, the one of the highest values on my list. And so, and also my, my physical body is, is, so I'm very disciplined, but it's just because I know what it does. And I know when people say, Oh, Ashley, you're so lucky. How did you have sell that house? And you didn't even have the money. And how'd you buy that, open that spot? You're so lucky. I'm like, no, it's not luck. It is such the trust and the surrender that I know you talk about that. And I know you talk about too, that I agree with confidence when you is trust. Like I believe those two words. So go hand in hand because when you trust and you know, and you have that belief that in the 11th hour that you will be provided for and not take that one ounce of doubt and just be aware of those little thoughts that come in that arise because we have done the work and are conscious of those thoughts and to switch those. But you know, when you have that spiritual workout that you so beautifully right in this book. It's those moments that you say, yes, I know why that house sold for the top dollar. And I know why, because it's I'm supposed to be in Laguna Beach <laughs> and it's all perfect. Everything is, it's all coming together. It's, it's the breadcrumbs along the way. Yeah, and I think just declaring and, you know, I've been at this for a while. So it's been it's been years in the making and then years of doing these practices where, you know, Everyone talks about their goals. They want this. They want that. The shiny objects, the money, the hot partner, all of it. And I get it. I want all that stuff too. I love all that stuff. Um, but it's not about those goals. And it's like, again, everyone's trying to strive and force and hustle and grind and control and manipulate and, and that, that exhaustion, right? Of do, do, do where if you take the counterintuitive approach, which I've adopted and, and written about here, and it's more about stillness and it's more about getting steady on the inside and, and working our attitudinal muscles, the mental, emotional, and spiritual muscles and spending the time to become the person who can actually achieve these goals, then you get the phone calls, you get the emails, you meet the people, the opportunities. We're now I'm on vacation and I'm getting a phone call from some guy who saw me speak four months ago. And, oh, you know, uh, so-and-so is looking for this MC or presenter or speaker for this. I'm going to connect you. He just did the job for me. I wasn't here like, and yes, you need to put yourself out there. But I think when you get to a certain point and you've been doing the work, you can step back a little bit. And when I'm having fun, when I'm on vacation, you're attracting because you just become more magnetic to Mm -hmm. all the things that you desire. So it is about really fine-tuning your instrument on the inside before you can play it for the world. And that's why some people will be like, oh, you're lucky, Ashley, or, oh, well, it's because of how you look or where you went to school. And those things certainly can play a role. However, 
a lot of it is you have done the work, you've taken your, you know, grip off the reins or off the wheel, so to speak, hold on loosely as the 38 special song says, and you've just surrendered and relaxed into, I get to have this, I get to do this. Life just feels a lot better. And this is, this is available to everyone. People just don't think they think it's like, no, I have to come from this family. I have to go to this school. I have to look this way or it's not going to happen for me. And I think even Oprah Winfrey debunked that myth. She comes from the worst possible place as she's openly spoken about and was able to achieve such success. So it really is available to everybody. These principles, these belief systems, you know, I, as I like to say, the higher power is always at work orchestrating all of these things behind the scenes. We are given, you know, these downloads like a computer file into our minds, into our hearts all the time. It's just, we aren't practiced at listening. We're listening to the caca of the world. We're listening to the news. We're listening to all the people who tell us why we can't have it. And rather than blocking that out and listening to the truth and that divine spirit and making, you know, deliberate conscious uh, choices from, from that belief system, we sometimes get caught up in all the other stuff. And I say that because I've, I've been that person and lived in fear and the self-doubt. And it's so nice to look at yourself in the mirror now. And that, that comes, that's what I, that's a good thing about getting older, right? Where it's just like, wow, I made it so hard for my, <laughs> myself, but that's all we knew because that was the culture. Right. Yeah, when you talk about the um what was it? The strength in your core confidence. That's what reminds me of that. The trust, right? Like keeping that that faith, like understanding when people say, you know, why does this why is this always working for you? It's because of that inner strength, that core. I mean, you talk about that as in reference to like our fitness because it's a workout and you're you're the swimmer and but it is core fitness. It is that that strength for me, it's unwavering. And yes, as we get older, it's like amazing. Like, cause I live, I don't watch the news. I live in this meditation and, and let's go to that. Let's talk about meditation because that's part of your book and your practice. And you even, um, you write for insight timer. I do courses for insight timer. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And and people know about guided meditation. I'm a student of transcendental meditation, which is where you have a mantra and a way I I describe transcendental meditation is even guided meditation. Any meditation is beneficial. A lot of meditation, think of it as you're, you know, on a boat on the ocean. So that's lovely and meditative. Transcendental, you're like a scuba diver. You're at the bottom of the ocean where all the really colorful fish and and sea life is. And that's where you can go deeper into it and really um, make yourself that vessel for those divine downloads. And instead of being frantic and, Ashley, this is happening. What should I do? Uh, um, (laughs) It used to be there. It's getting quiet and listening. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Why don't you reach out to Ashley and ask if she'd like to collaborate on this project? You can do this. You can, why don't you present her with that? Oh, you know what? You should email so-and-so. You get all the answers. It is really extraordinary as you know. And If that isn't your jam, there's two other ways to be in a meditative state. One is a walking meditation and and give yourself prompts. I have them all in the book, but something I think that will really help you get clear about who you are, what you really want is to go on a walk. I I suggest distraction-free, turn your headphones off and just, you know, be in nature and ask yourself, if I could do anything regardless of money, geography, what other people think, regardless of my fears, what would I, what would I do? What do I really want? And then listen and don't edit or judge, but let whatever wants to come in, come in. And I think it'll surprise you because for me, the first time I did it, what came in was what I 
said I didn't want. So that I had to get curious. I'm like, what's happening there? So spend some time doing that. And then my favorite practice I cultivated during COVID was what I call my five minutes a day sit and stare practice. I do it now for at least an hour a day. And that's why I spend less time, you know, frantically working on the computer. I can do in an hour or two what would take, you know, maybe eight hours because I've gotten so clear minded and gotten that inspirational guidance by being quiet. But just sit and stare out the window, check in with yourself as if you're a small child and ask, how are you doing? What do you need? What's working? What isn't? And then really become practiced at listening to that inner voice that tells you. And I think a lot of times we even have been somewhat practiced at listening, but we we might hear, it's time to end this relationship. And it's like, well, we get that clear, but it's like, well, that's going to upset some people. Uh, that's going to be really challenging. I'm going to have to come up with extra money to make that happen. And so we don't take action on that. But, you know, it'll start as a whisper and it'll get louder and louder. Or maybe, I mean, I've heard a voice where it'll say, this was the last time you're going, like when I used to travel to Europe for work, I heard, and it was a bummer, but I heard, this is your last work trip to Europe for this company. I could feel it. And I don't, get scared or reject those voices or the, that information anymore. I think, okay, you know, thank you universe. What's next? Show me. And even recently I have been on such a state of purging, which I highly recommend. And even if you haven't moved in a while, you have no plans on moving, please start purging stuff out of your home and create the space, maybe purge some people out. And I say that with love. We lovingly, we don't need to tell them. You don't need to tell them lovingly purge some people. Maybe you've outgrown them. Maybe you feel jealousy from them instead of support. Whatever it, maybe it's some family members. The season of purge, and that's where I'm in. Or even not like, well, I better do this because I don't have anything else this week. So let me take this job or work with these people. And you, your, my body will be like, I don't want to do that. But sometimes we take it on anyway. So to just say no to more things and more people and have that wide open space to be completely surprised and delighted and being okay with not knowing what you're doing tomorrow or next week or next month. And I know I can hear people like, well, I have bills to pay and I have bills to pay too, but maybe, you know, you sell something. So it's like, all right, that buys me a month. You purge and you sell, that buys me a month to put a plan together. Everyone's situation is different and I have compassion and respect for all of it. I just know for me, I'm no longer scared when I have more free time. I just think, wow. Or if nothing, I'm like, wow, I have time to actually play and enjoy my life. What a concept that, I mean, even for me, I only went to Hawaii for four days and it was like, this is a four days. Oh my gosh. And just how good I felt. I think, why do you not do this more often? And if I answer myself and yes, there's financial implications. And yes, I think a lot of it is fear or it's the judgment. You even get judged from, because you hear, what do you hear? Especially in our, it's just like, people are so proud that they work 24 seven and don't take a vacation. I'm like, for me, I'm just like, I'm going to travel more and own it and post about it. And I swear, since I posted yesterday about taking this last minute trip to Hawaii with my brother and his family and essentially inviting myself, but they were all like, yeah, I read that. Yeah. I saw the picture. So cute. Thank you so much. Do you know how many people, it's touched my heart so much and their friends, people I've known from high school or college that have said to me, I woke up to so many text messages and things. Let's plan a trip. Let's go. And you know, we all talk about it, but I think now my posts, we're actually going to do it. Be like, great. When do you want to go? Where are we going? And just book it and just book it and then have it. 
because we, we just, we don't even see our loved ones as enough or friend, like the best friend from college we haven't seen forever. And everyone's busy with their kids and jobs and families. I get it. But for me, just even those four days in Hawaii, what it did for me, there's no price tag you can, you can put on that. It's like Mm -hmm. the MasterCard commercial. It's priceless. And I'm like, I'm going to do more of this. You know what? I'm going to work less, work smarter and take more trips and spend more time with loved ones because that's what we're here to do is connect and to play and have fun and love. And I think we're all guilty of not doing that enough. Right. We took a trip a couple of weeks ago to Italy and last year we we went to Paris. First time I'd been there went with my family when I was in my twenties, but Richard had n- never been to Europe. And the year before we were thinking, let's, you know, the girls are at the age now, it's probably time. Let's do that. So we went on this amazing trip to Paris and have those memories, even if the girls are like another museum, like, you know, it's like, you'll appreciate this one day. Yes, they will. <laughs> Maybe not now when we're walking through the Louvre and you're like, where's the Mona Lisa? And let's get out of here. <laughs> and the Mona Lisa is this tiny little thing behind this plastic shield. <laughs> but it's those memories. So, and then we booked it right when we got home. We're like, let's do Italy. And, you know, we have one more year of Paige being in high school. And we're like, let's just do it before we get to that place where they're busy in college and who knows what. But the cool, what happened, Richard, what we were talking the other day, he's like, he either read it or heard it, but he said this guy was asked to show pictures of his family from his phone. And he realized all the memories that he had in his phone were only from those, from trips, from the memories of their travel. And he's like, we're doing something wrong. We need to travel more. Those are our memories, right? And when I look back at those pictures, I mean, it could make me cry, but those are the memories that I will cherish for the rest of my life. (laughs) And it's those moments. And you don't say no to book it. You know, you'll never regret that. It's that precious time, right? Yeah. And then you come back and you're more productive. You're performing at a higher level. You're more creative. You're more fulfilled and joyful. And so that will be reflected in your work and there, and in turn, like the money that you make. And you're right. I think of my screensaver on my computer, on my phone. It's from Portugal and trips that I've taken. And I, I travel the world, uh, solo a lot, which is so liberating, but this trip was extra special. And to be with my niece and nephew is, but you know, bond with my brother and sister-in-law, right. but especially the kids and these memories that you have forever. And as you know, it's in your soul. And unfortunately, you know, these experiences and memories and our education, it's one of the few things left in the world that can't be taken from us. You know, any of your personal belongings you can lose can be like, and it doesn't mean anything. I'm surrounded by nice things in my home. I love nice things, but these things really don't mean anything. But that, you know, laughing in the backseat, being car sick on the road to Hana in Hawaii and laughing with my niece and nephew and, and you know, all of the silly things that we said and did and the trips and snorkeling, that's in my my soul. That keeps me going. And right. where I, I think of a career achievement and I think, okay, that's nice, but and that's the thing about all these things that, that we want, you know, the material possessions and the achievements, they make us happy for, you know, 15 minutes. And then it's on to the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing. And so whoever is hearing this, hopefully you're inspired to take a trip, even if you go away for the day by yourself somewhere. And I just know, and it's science that these trips reset your nervous system. It resets. Every, I mean, I came back and I feel like a different person mm-hmm. and because it's that connecting with yourself, with the environment, with beauty, with nature, with adventure, with family members, with friends. And 
nobody can ever take that from you. No, so true. And I mean, just having children of my own in that experience has just been like, there's no price on that. I, I just, just see their faces. I just even got an image of my nephew. <laughs> it's like, I've never, he was so lit up. There was even a moment in the car and he just, we were just driving along and he said, I am so happy. And to mm-hmm. see his face and to watch the waves come in and him, you know, stick out his arms and ride the waves in the shore and just pure joy. And even for me, I wasn't riding the waves, but to just experience his joy and see his face, which, you know, as a parent more than anyone, especially when, you know, we see our kids oftentimes not enjoy. joy, right. <laughs> very challenging being a parent. And so to see that, and it wasn't from, you know, all these kids always on their devices and he loves his gaming, and but not on his device, just in nature and how the waves lit him up more than any stupid device or game or phone. That right. was really meaningful to me. And you talk about the present moment a lot too. And I am so about the present moment. And I teach that to my girls and have taught that. And I think part of traveling, you just flashed a memory. We were on the Amalfi Coast. And I know you love Lake Como and that's on our next list. I know that's one of your favorite spots, but we were on the Amalfi Coast and we were driving and I kept saying, like, we're in this moment, girls, look out the window. Oh my gosh, do you realize where we are? And it was constant, like being in the moment. But when you're on a trip like that, and you you know, you're savoring those days, right? Like if you're going to Hawaii for four days, you're going to be in the moment. But I'm like the present moment and knowing that there's all we have are the memories, right? That we're talking about. And there's not even tomorrow. It's right now. But that is so important. Explain your how important that is to you because you do speak of that a lot. Yeah. And presence is, you know, I did research for my thesis at Columbia about the five P's of confidence. And the first one is presence. And it's it's bringing your presence. That's the full spirit, bringing your full spirit to everything you do and everyone you meet, showing up like you mean it. Hello. Like so many people show up like, I'm, I don't know why I'm not this, getting this job or this mm. thing. I'm like, I'll tell you why, you know, it's like your energy. It's like, hello, people just, they don't even, they don't even think of that. It's like, well, my resume, I'm like, your resume may say this, your energy says something totally different and that you're not even aware of it. And so presence is, you know, one of my five pieces of confidence where it's also being so present. And when you're, you're present, you're more powerful, you're more confident because you're all there and you're not future tripping. You're not stressed out about the past. And because people are so rarely all there and so present, because what are you, I mean, I am so repulsed every time I go out to dinner and everyone's just on their phone and it's like, you and me, hello. And I've had, you know, some younger folks been out to eat with them. And I had a, a gentleman say to me, wow, you haven't been on your phone once at this dinner. And I think, why would I be on my phone? I'm having a, like it was an in-depth conversation like you and I are having now. Nothing on my phone is more important than connecting with you here right now. And that's why I love doing these interviews. And I love doing live television because you gotta be all there. And that's part of it. Like people who are nervous, who don't do TV, it's just like, you know, show up, do your best, have fun. Then it is a success. And when you're present and you're just in the moment and not thinking about anything else, you're going to have a much better presentation. So I think, again, we've all heard this a million times, but putting the devices down and just taking in your environment, especially when you're in a beautiful place and just having those moments of of reflection and asking yourself these questions or reading about them in a, in a book like like mine and 
taking the, the time to first connect with yourself. And that's what's so liberating about being on vacation is just even I went, we were out on the boat one day, forgot my phone. And I'm like, well, I don't need my phone any. At first it's that panic, like my phone, my phone. And then I'm right. like, I don't want to talk to anybody or, you know, and it's like my brother can take the picture, but who even cares about the picture? I think too, you see so many people just cap trying to get the picture for Instagram rather than just being fully immersed in the experience of it, that your phone isn't going to adequately capture anyway. Right. Let's continue down the piece. And I'm a P person because my girl's name start with P. So I was like, oh, I love love that. (laughs) Okay. So the Um, presence and then patience. Oh, patience. And that's one, you know, patience, confidence stems from the words to trust, to do something with trust. So like that's an inside job. Patience stems from the words to suffer. So I get it. We're suffering while we're waiting for the thing that we want. But I think if we can, again, loosen our grip on the wheel and just, you know, do all the work and then step back and not be so attached to the outcome or things happening in a certain way on our timeline, go about your life, do your thing, have fun, go to Pilates, go on the walk, meet up with a friend then things can get orchestrated behind the scenes. And I think if you you step back sometimes and you you are really honest with yourself and you think, gosh, if I would have gotten that thing when I really wanted it for me, even this book deal, you know, it took a few months and I was able to complete my master's degree and to do all of these things and have more experiences, all of which went into the book and made it so much better. You see all this stuff after the fact, but in the moment, you're just like, what the hell? And you're crying and you're just, again, you're just right. like, why am I getting rejected or why is this happening? And then you think, wow, this was so perfect because of this. And I think so many times when we look back and think, or even when that person comes back into your life and you think, gosh, I'm so over it now. It's like, that's why they came back because the emotional charge is gone and lifted. So now you're able to meet this person as a different person, for instance. So being patient there and not being so attached to it. And then purpose is the next P, having a purpose greater than ourselves. And, you know, I have so many talented friends and, you know, we're all filled with self-doubt from one time or another. And I like to say to them, you know, the days you can't show up for you, show up for the person who doesn't have your privilege in life or doesn't have the opportunity. And you owe it to yourself. My friend who's the photographer, I said, this isn't about you. You have this extraordinary talent you're going to show up for the people who are going to benefit from your gift. And then we have preparation. That's just putting in the work. I had a nightmare last. I'm like, I woke up this morning, I'm like, what do you have anxiety about? Because I was doing something in the dream and I wasn't, I think I was taking a test and I'm like, I don't know any of the answers on this test. I'm like, and then in the dream, I'm kind of like, why wouldn't you study? Like, it was so embarrassing that I knew nothing on the test. That's right. what I, I get those too. I have those dreams. So it's, it's just being prepared, which I have something coming up. So, and cause then when you show up for the speech or whatever you're doing, you just get again to be present and in the moment and just let it rip because you've done all, you see that with athletes, you've done all the work. Now you can just be in the joy of the performance or the game or, or whatever it is, the test. And then, you know, and then practice, you know, putting in, putting in the reps. We all know that we have to show up and do that. And then I, I came up with two bonus piece after the fact. And the first is pause. And that's taking a moment before you respond to the upsetting text or email and say something that could ruin the relationship forever. It's pausing before you tell the jerk that they're really being a jerk, for instance. And then the next one is person. And my speaking coach, Eduardo, would always say that to me because, again, I have that obsession with performance and perfectionism. And he said something to me that's so liberating and freeing. Um, and, and even in these interviews, too, where it's just just be a person. So I think with everyone... He, he's like, just be a freaking person. He's a spicy Cuban man who I love. Oh, cute. But when you can just show up and just be a person rather than I have to be perfect. I have to say it perfectly, look perfectly. I have to 
just be a person because people fall in love with your humanity and your authenticity and your realness and your messiness. And that's where vulnerability really comes in and, and is a superpower. And not just for you, but then you get to be that example to other people because so many people are struggling with insecurity and not feeling enough. And when you're able to just kind of call yourself out and just show up and be a person, it really is freeing to other people as well. Oh, so much. You know, I just got done with my pageant whirlwind tour of both girls, one in Georgia, and then I had to, the other one gave away her crown because she won last year in Phoenix. So I just got home two days ago. But when I'm reading these P's, every single P is for pageant <laughs> because everything that you're just saying, it's like patient, the presence, be there in the moment. The patience, it might not be your turn to win, but no, there's a bigger plan. Are you, you know, like just come, but like, um, why are you doing it? They always have those answers, um, questions and interview. Why do you want to win? You know, you got to know your why. And then the um, practice. So today I, I set out a piece of paper for them. This is the checklist that needs to be done today. We're Because we're going to um, another pageant, a national pageant in November. And we always spend 10 days in Orlando, have Thanksgiving for probably the last eight years. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they only know really Thanksgiving at a banquet, at a pageant. But they wouldn't want it any other way. And Richard and I see the the benefits of it. So we promote, you know, we are there and love it. And it's a great family experience. But so in preparation and all those P's, when I realize, like, gosh, those girls are really getting prepared for life. You know, we're not always going to win, but the ones that do come prepared. They practiced. I mean, you talk a lot about Tom Brady, like he's the best for a reason. It's not because he's just like he woke up in the morning and went and played football. He's been he has a million coaches and practices like more than anyone else. Right. Yes, because he's the best, not the worst. I think there's this notion too, where people that don't want to get a coach or go to therapy or do this inner work, like, well, I'm fine. And Tom, for instance, these people who are exceptional at what they do, you hear these actors and go through extraordinary measures to play one role for one film. And so that the preparation, the practice, but then look at the result. And it's not even just about winning the Oscar. It's people like you and I going to the film and being deeply moved. And I mean, if you make me cry or laugh or just that experiencing that full spectrum of human emotions, wow, you've done your job and thank you. And that that's, that's why they do it. And yeah, with Tom, it's like trains harder than anybody, not because he's the worst, but the best. And that's what I admire about so many of these athletes or that are able to say, you know, I have some bad habits to clean up. And so I'm going to go to the local park at 4am and, and shoot free throws for three hours because I missed the shot in the championship game and we lost. And so I think just what we can learn from failure. And if you allow it to make you better and not be so obsessed with everything has to be a win, because you may lose the game, but you won in terms of you had your, your best performance or you were there for a teammate or you inspired somebody in, in some way. And I, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to just have it all together at all the times. Like mothers, I just, I don't even know how you do it. Cause I think, okay, yeah, I, I would love to do the mom thing. But then I'm like, how do you all like do work and business or brush your hair? Like, I, so I just, <laughs> if you're a mother, you're a modern day superhero. And I, I bow down to you and honor you. I do. I, I have friends. I'm like, I had a friend with a one-year-old show up at dinner once and she just, she looked extraordinary. I'm like, how did you do this? Right. <laughs> Um, I think this is just a, a moment to let yourself off the hook, embrace your humanity a bit more and redefine success because I've had all the, the 
fancy, shiny things. I'm like, I should feel successful. And on the inside, I was, I was miserable. And I think a lot of people are like that. So success to me is spending the afternoon with my niece and nephew at the beach laughing and not being on my phone and not, you know, even recently someone was talking to me all, but I could hear her stress and fear with the writer's strike and everything in, in LA. And I'm like, what, what are you doing for work and this and that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not thinking about work right now. I'm taking time off. And then people are like, <gasps> right. <laughs> but for me, it is well it's so good to say like, I'm not thinking about work this week. I don't care. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, I was listening to you. I was I was going to ask you what your de- definition of success was because it's so true. You know, people. I think it's we're so um, blinded by Instagram or whatever. You know, it's like you look at those things and you're always comparing. Well, people, I you know, but it's just human nature. We're a person, right? So we we look at it as like, are we doing that? And I'm always you know, with my students and the kids that have only known social media, you know, it's like, this is, I haven't had a page when she was born. She's 17. We didn't have iPhones. I don't have a picture of her on my phone. So when I realize their entire life has been technology override, right? Like, and it's just, it's so important to teach these tools. I would love this book to be in the school. Like, I I think this is more important than algebra. Yeah, I really do. There's something in me that one day I see either like a a retreat. If you can't get it into the schools, I'm like, that's really my one of my visions. And to understand, like, even just teaching kids how to meditate. I mean, I'm teaching these eight year olds like stillness and go to bed before, you know, teaching that, getting that as a muscle in their life. The affirmations that I love in your book that are so beautiful. And the thoughts that we think and the words that we speak, all these little things that if they cultivated that in their life young, your life in your 20s wouldn't be like me floating around trying to figure out, what, you know, right, like figuring out my purpose, what I'm passionate about. It all is evolving and I understand your passions can change and all that. But to understand that you do have a purpose and you do have a passion and you are seeking and you are saying yes to things and you are listening to your inspired thought and you're taking action regardless if it's the right thing or not. It is right. Cause everything's perfect. Just, it'll just veer you to the other way, you know, yeah. but oh, I just, it's so important to me. And I, that's why I love you so much. Cause you have the same, um, that when I'm reading your book, I'm like, I mean, I feel like everything in there just is such a, uh, it just a reflection of my thoughts because it's all those are so important. I mean, I teach an eight week class and I would say it's pretty much that book. I mean, you know, give mm. or take, but it's the, to the gist of it. Like that's when I'm like, oh, this just needs to, people need to get this. Yeah. And then, and then keep doing it. Just like we all know you can't just go to the gym once and expect to be fit. You do have to keep going and find something that works for you. Like I'm going to go to Pilates tonight. I don't want to go to the super sweaty, high intensity, whatever. Some people that's their jam. And I think, you know, as we get older, depending on your age or gender, what it's like, we, our body needs different things and to listen to it. Some days my body's like, I'm not doing it. I'm going to bed. And to really honor that and then wake up the next day. And sometimes maybe you need to push yourself like, nope, we're going to go for this walk. We're going to feel better afterwards. And, and we all know we feel better after a walk, whether we're going fast or slow. So I think for me too, success, as you were speaking, it's what came to me when you asked that question is peace and that peace of mind of, um, you know, I'm proud of myself. I'm, I'm showing up and sometimes showing up is showing up and, you know, like Shavasana and yoga, 
I'm only doing Shavasana. I'm going to show up and do Shavasana <laughs> for 10 minutes. And that was my workout today because I achieved inner peace. I had the relaxation. I lowered my cortisol levels. But I think too, and we can focus on why are you even doing this? Because so many people tell me the things they want to do. And I think, okay, great. So like I said, like, why do you want to write the book? Why do you want to leave the job? Why do you want to get married? And I'm always just with no judgment, but listening to what people say and, and allowing them to hear the lies that they tell themselves, allowing themselves to experience the truth, allowing themselves to say, wait, I guess I actually don't want that thing. It's like, great. Let's explore what you do want. And again, to go off script and to block out what everybody else thinks or, you know, you hear a lot of what you should be doing, but. I think success to me is being able to connect, whether it's someone I've known forever or connect with someone that I just met, that's success. For me though, I just, it's that peace of mind. And sometimes, I mean, especially recently, I I went through a really uh, hard time this past year in many different ways, personally and professionally, and not even stuck, but just felt so uncomfortable and so sad at times, but just working my way through it step by step and then having, you know, like, okay, I'm past this, but then like experiencing a setback, like, okay, I have more work to do here. But I think being in the embracing of the discomfort and then when you come out of that, just like a hard swim practice or workout and the satisfaction that you feel and you look back and then it's, I think doing more things where you can look back and say, wow, after that, I can do Mm -hmm. anything. And that is building that inner musculature. And then again, becoming the person who you're, you're untouchable and you get to be, have, and do really whatever you get to choose. You're in the driver's seat rather than just in the back, like turn there. Like, why are you going this way? It's you're, you're in full control. That's really powerful. Oh, so powerful. What would you give advice um, to your 14? My daughter's the youngest one's 14. What advice would you give you? your little 14-year-old self back then? I would say you get to be more discerning with people and who you let into your life, who you give your energy to. Don't forget to give yourself the love that you so freely give to everybody else. Give yourself that even again, if that's making them, that person mad, that person's judging you, that person doesn't like you. That's about them. That is not on you at all. And to really have the confidence to live a life that is true for you, whatever that means, and being courageous enough to make decisions that go against the status quo might feel lonely at times. But again, it is... That's your freedom. For me, my number one value is freedom. So I think you're never too young to get really clear on what you value. Freedom, authenticity, family, free time, um, whatever. And start asking our kids, what do you really value? If they, they might say, well, what do you mean? And then giving an example. For me, I really value integrity, doing what you say you're going to do, treating people with kindness and respect. And I think the more then that we can cultivate those inner characteristics and really lean into our values and make decisions from that place. You know, people always say, follow your heart. I used to say that. Now I say, follow your values. You follow your value, your heart. Listen, my heart has got me involved with some really toxic men. (laughs) 
But my heart, oh, but I love him. I'm like, girl, no. If I follow my values, I'm like, I don't care how hot he is or how it's like, we're going this way. Oh my gosh. Not in alignment with our values. Totally. (laughs) You just struck me. You just struck a chord in me, by the way. So me, as my 20s and 30, you know, before I met Richard, I wasn't following my (sighs) values. And so now I see you just hit me why I, uh, that's one of the weeks in my class is core values for kids to learn why they make the decisions they do. I am so, (laughs) that's why, because I didn't follow my core values, choosing the boyfriends or what it wasn't that I, and now I, I am so adamant about Paige, like she's 17, the boys are starting to come around and I see who she picks. I see the friends she picks. She knows her values. It's so clear. Like there's no doubt. It is the most amazing thing. Someone would ask her to go to a party. There's not even an ounce. No, she knows she wouldn't want to go there. She won't be around that. She doesn't get caught up in being popular. She doesn't get up caught up in any of that because she knows her values. When it's time for family day and someone asked her to do something that sounded so fun. No, I'm going with my family. It's family's one of your values page. That's why it's so easy to answer. But knowing your values, (laughs) now that you just shine the light on that and why I find that so important in these, these kids, it's because of me. All the little things that we were gifted to when we thought they were bad growing up. And we could sit there and tell, I could write my story and everyone like, you did that? (laughs) But I'm so glad. I'm so thankful, yeah. right? It just brings you to this place of like, gosh, thank God, because now I am able to share that and understand the importance of, you know, knowing your values or your worth. You know, I have two girls. It's so important to have that worth, worthiness, you know, and understanding you don't, you know, be strong, be, know who you are, love yourself. You know, we just say, I love you To I mean, when's the last time, you know, you ask someone when the last time they said, I love you to themselves in the mirror or just out loud, they're like, uh, (laughs) you know, the room goes quiet. Yes. Which is sad. Um, and it's interesting because when I was going through this really stormy season recently, I found myself saying to myself all the time out loud, I love you. I love you, which feels weird and foreign at first, but I think I was from the outside met of you looking at what I was going through and she's like, I, I love you. And, but I really think that, and then I was making decisions from that, whether it's working with certain coaches or specialists to help me through that time. And even choices of, you know, as you're talking, I think another thing I would say to especially young girls and women and to all of us, and something I said to myself recently, I, this is again, I'm 45 and just working through this, the difference between being nice and being kind. And I, I saw something really funny on some social media about that in terms of East Coast, West Coast. And um, for instance, West Coast, they said, West Coast, nice, but not kind. For instance, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through that, but like not offering to help you in any way. Right. Whereas East Coast is like, you got a flat tire. You're a freaking idiot. What are you thinking? You're so dumb here. Move away. I'm going to change your tire. Let me call my people. I'll take care of it. And that's not really nice, but kind. So I've been doing that with people recently because I was allowing myself to be used, abused, taken advantage of. I take full responsibility of that rather than being like that person used me. Okay. But you allowed it. When I say that kindly, not nicely, but kindly to myself. And so now with girls, I think, and I was raised in the Midwest, whereas I heard, so I still hear it, you know, oh, be nice. Oh, be nice. And 
I, I'm leaning more into kindness. And so I am kind when I say, no, I'm not willing to do this gig for free and to be more concerned with, with being kind to myself first, rather than being this martyr or like, oh, I'm helping so many people. I'm like, but you're exhausted and resentful and grumpy because of it. So instead, uh, no, thank you. Or yes, I'd love to do your event. Here's my rate. Or no, I'm not interested in partnering and being okay with they might not like you or they might um, make you feel bad or they might make a rude comment and being okay with that. Because again, you get home and you're just, you say to yourself, like, I love you. Like, good job or good job standing up to the bully. Good job leaving the toxic situation. And so exercising more kindness, which again, that's the, that's the full spirit workout. Right. But we're coming to the end. It goes by so fast when I get so excited. But I get like, I get like, oh my gosh, I get so excited when I meet you, someone like you. Like, ah, Um, what's something we didn't cover all the things on the book? And what would be something that you really feel like is important that I didn't, we didn't touch? I mean, there's so many things. I wrote down every inner chapter. Oh, you're the best. What do you feel? A quote of mine that went viral on social media, which means it resonated with a lot of people deeply, and it was being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. And I think that resonated because, you know, again, we all want that thing. And for me, I was talking about this book deal and having, you know, two or three where it was just like, we thought my agent and I thought it was a done deal, huge opportunity. And it fell through at the 11th hour for whatever reason. And and one day I was really upset and I was in my New York apartment and I was just, you know, had some choice words for God. Like, what the hell? My angel's like, I'm doing all of this for you. Why would you have me go all through all this if we're not going to like get the book deal and get this book out into the world? And I was like, oh. And so I, you know, went to my favorite restaurant and again, sat and just listened to the guidance to get back because I just had some words for God and the angels. And that's when I heard, you know, being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. And really, instead of it just being words, really feeling that in my soul. And it's like, you know what? If I get this book deal, great. If I don't, great. Whatever. I've got a full life. I don't really have time to write this. Whatever. And it was within a week that I got the call from my agent and was on the phone with my my publisher uh, at Georgia from New World Library. And it really can and does happen that fast when you are in that place of complete surrender and really being like, my life is full and great with or without this thing, this opportunity, this job, this person. And then the universe is like, okay, to her. It's time. She's ready. It's kind of that quote where it's like, you know, you're ready for a relationship when you're really, really happy being single. Kind of the same thing. So however anybody takes that to your particular situation, please exercise that because the results are extraordinary when we're in in that place. Yes. That reminds me of when your mom had been trying to get pregnant forever. And that was where she finally gave up, right? Eight years trying to get pregnant, right? Yes. And gave it up to God, to a woman of faith, to a higher power, and to then have a healthy boy and girl and a year and a half after eight years of nothing and doctors telling you, if you want to be a mom, you have to adopt. I mean, hello, that's like the whole reason I'm even alive. Right. (laughs) That stuff works. (laughs) Right. I know you sometimes when you, when I hear stories like that and all the, the magic moments in life, we take it so seriously and to realize that Everything is always perfect. It's all, it's all for us. There's nothing to us. We're not the victim. We are all victors and, you know, we're all one. We're all God. We're all love. And if you can come from that place in any situation 
and just trust and surrender. Those are my two favorite words, by the way. Yeah. Trust and surrender and realize that it is always, like we said in the beginning, everything is always being provided. Everything is always, but to be in that moment, I know people are listening going, oh, easy for you to say, or, you know, right right now, this, my life sucks, or this is really hard. Hey, we've both been there. I I have been there and I have been there recently and where it's just like, I don't even want to be here. And I, so, and it's never about like the outside either. There's inner turmoil. That's why you see some of the most gorgeous, rich, famous, wealthy people uh, die by suicide. So We've all been there. I think that's why we can, I'll speak for like, we can speak so openly about it because we've been there. And that's what Courtney said, who wrote the forward for my book. She said, Kate meets you where you are. And the reason she knows where you are is because she's been there. Right. <laughs> Hello. Totally. Oh my gosh, exactly. And I really know that when you do speak that way and you do tell people and I try and, you know, help people that are lost a job or, you know, that they start getting depressed. I'm like, it's all perfect. Oh, really? Yes, it is. It is perfect. I've been there and now I'm fine. Like, or, you know, I've gone through that and look, look what happens. Like, and I, as a mom, I do the same thing. I got a bad grade. There's a reason for it. What is that? What's the lesson in it? We're all, we're all taking, it's, we take it all. So when you realize that God, there's a plan. And it's all in this beautiful plan of your life that you've had in this very short amount of time. And when you take away and realize all the fear and all the you think is, you know, the wrong and the bad, and you turn that perspective around and it's all perspective, everything yeah. is perspective. And if you want to have that perspective and be depressed and sad and angry and anxiety, then that's your perspective, that's what, how you're looking at it. But if you can change it and that's all practice and, you know, life experience, but to look at it like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why that happened. You know, what, what is, what am I learning from that? And what is the gift? Because everything is a gift because it's going to propel me in the next situation. When I get to that place, I'm going to have, like you said earlier, I did that. Well, if I did that, then I can do that. Right. Exactly. And and that ladder. Yeah. And putting what if in front of things. So for me recently, it's it's what if the worst thing that ever happened to you is also the best thing that ever happened to you. Think about where you're going to go from there with that mentality and perspective versus the woe is me victim. Cause you, it's, you're at that crossroads and it's, it's actually easier to go the victim route, um, to ain't it awful. Woe is me. It's, it's more empowering though to, to choose. And I see how it, it, it was the best thing that ever happened for me because it made me change to be even better. And when something happens for you that makes you even better, what a gift. Does it suck going through that? Yes, it absolutely does. But when you get to the other side and you can look back and then you talk about confidence, it's like, wow, I could have really sunk my own ship there. But instead, I went this way. You're untouchable. You're unstoppable. Brava. Right. Right. Last week we were at a pageant and Presley, the little one had an interview and she comes out and usually they're like, Oh, it was so good. And, you know, I came prepared and she came out and I had this kind of like a blank look on her face. And I go, huh? So she says, mom, they asked me this question on what the letters meant of each you know, letter of the pageant. And we had talked about it the night before. And she's like, Oh, mom, they're not going to ask that question. Right. Mm -hmm. They just ask what's the most important letter. I'm like, how do you know? 
She's like, well, so-and-so told me. I said, okay, but you always come more prepared, right? Prepared, yeah. So I said, there's a lesson in that, right? What is it? She's like, I'm going to be over-prepared and I'm going to realize that I have to be very detailed because she's kind of brushes over things, her personality. And so, you know, I when you say that, it's like, yeah, you have to like understand that everything in life, it was for a reason. She needed that wake up call because now it's going to propel her next in November. She's going to be so dialed in on her interview. Exactly. You know, and I don't, so I don't look at anything as failure. You know, it's like, you know, or let's go out and fail. I remember, uh, what's her name that uh, invented Spanx. Oh, Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely. Um, Her dad would always say at the dinner table, what'd you fail today? Did you go fail? Like he Mm -hmm. encourages that. And I love that because it's all about like, those are the most amazing growth moments of your life. Those are the moments that you're going to take it to the next level. You know, it's like that. If I did that, I can do that. So anyway, we can sit here all day and talk. And I, I know I love, love this. We, I love this. We have to connect in person since we're, we're so-called neighbors. And um, this was, I could talk to you all day too. And it just makes me realize these are my favorite things to talk about. And I wish we talked about this more rather than all of the other stuff that people talk about or we spend so much time like that person did this or why did this happen or you hear a lot of those conversations and I think it's you know it's healthy to get that stuff out but I think the more that we can talk about inner fitness and making this more mainstream rather than just exercising our physical muscles which is certainly important but really exercising those those inner muscles and just knowing the person that we can become doing it and then just how we can extend that out to everyone and that we'd all be a lot happier by practicing these principles. So is a choice, but I just appreciate you having me. I'm so happy the the book resonated with you and we'll have to keep the conversation going in our own way. And I love that we're, we're starting with the kids and to talk to kids about these concepts. Yes. Oh, so important. That's where my heart is for sure. Anyway, yeah. thank you, Kate. Oh, I loved it. I loved I it too. Thank you so much. We'll be forever soul sisters. <laughs> you know Indeed, that my before I pushed my ending, but it's that someone said to me, I recognized your soul. Someone texted me on Instagram the other day and I said, oh, I love that. So it was so true because when you meet somebody and the fulfillment that this podcast does for me is when I meet people like you, it is a recognition of a soul. Like I do recognize your soul and I recognized it in the book before I even met you on Zoom, but mm-hmm. it is that recognition. And it's like when you're in life and you're, you're out meeting people and you have that little like, ah, oh, I feel that. I feel her, mm-hmm. you know? And- I love that so much. And it just reminds me of why I do the work that I do. And for anyone listening and you think, oh, why should I do this? art project or why should I do this? It's even if it's one person and to have that soul recognition for both you and the other person and that somebody had an aha moment or some sort of growth or felt seen and heard and acknowledged in your presence or by your work, it's worth it. And to just do that thing that your soul is is calling you to do and it matters. And thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. So go buy the book, The Full Spirit Workout. And you can get on Instagram. Your website is kateekman.tv and your what and your Instagram is Kate Ekman, right? Yep. Just yep. Your name. Yeah. All right. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.